0: Welcome to Strictly Jojo, a podcast dedicated to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, where every Jojo episode is reviewed by casuals for casuals. My name is Courtney. And Kono Karoda! Is- this is episode one, and we're reviewing part one, Phantom Blood, Dio the Invader. As always, there will be spoilers for this episode, um, and in future episodes, there will also be spoilers for anything that has happened previously in Jojo, so you've been warned. So here we are, the very first episode, the start of this bizarre adventure, really the the foundational episode to set the, the groundwork for everything that is to come. Um, this is, I would say, a great start to the show. Um, I think it's well paced but uh, overall it's 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 an intriguing episode because there's a lot that they pack into this like 20-25 minute episode what are your thoughts
1: yeah I think I mentioned this in our episode zero Um, it took me a while to warm up to Jojo and I think that's like I think that's sentiment that's shared with a lot of people who first start off Um, so I don't really have any strong feelings about this pilot episode, um, I think it's mostly again just to introduce us to the world and give us all this exposition about where things started between JoJo and and Dio. Um, so yeah, I don't have any like true positive or negative thoughts about it. I guess
0: it's like like I mentioned that they they pack a lot in here. The beginning, especially of, of this episode, I guess what would be normally the the opening they just have like the the beginning of the story with the credits kind of overlapped on top of that and that part like really hustles through everything um really kind of just takes you straight through the backstory but I find it i find the pacing still good Mm. like the 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 quickness of everything works well because i get it like you just need to really quickly show me what happened set that up and then move on to to something more important to the story so even though again that they they cram so much in this episode i don't mind it but when i first watched the show um i was like what the hell is happening like for a first-time viewer i think it is somewhat overwhelming but when you've watched the show or you're more familiar with the overall story um, and who Jonathan and who Dio really are, I think it makes a little more sense and it, it kind of feel you appreciate that pacing a little bit more. I think.
1: Yeah, and one thing I want to comment on um, is the choice of title. I guess it's just interesting that they call Dio like an invader. It's as if he, like he's like a Genghis Khan or like an Alexander the Great. Um, obviously like the first time we wo- I watched this, I didn't really catch that title, but again, since we're looking at these episodes in hindsight, it's funny how they choose him or choose to label him as, as an invader, um, for this first episode.
0: He really is like this formidable force, this unstoppable force that comes through and just steamrolls right. over everything that Jonathan has ever known and loved. I mean, he just, he takes over everything Mm -hmm. um so i think it's a i agree i think it's a really clever title i think it's a super appropriate title um and understanding the the story more i have more of an appreciation for for calling him dio the invader
1: right and again with that title it almost builds that that cult of personality that we'll we'll see more of um as we encounter dio uh, throughout this first part
0: one other thing i wanted to mention is the the art style um so Kind of going through a, another rewatch of the show, I, I was less, um, I noticed this less when I first watched it just because it was, it was so new to me. But now that I'm watching it for the third time, I noticed that the, the art style, the anime style is more quote unquote old school, probably to e- so my my theories are either one the studio had a smaller budget because it was the pilot episode and it's it's the first season of, of jojo so maybe just the overall animation style is of not bad quality but just of a lower quality than what we would get from like a part three or part four or part five um the other theory which i i like to think is the the more accurate one is that maybe it's it's an art style that feels old school to give this first part of Jojo a more vintage feel, especially because the manga came out, I think in like the eighties. Yeah. If I'm remembering correctly. So I think, again, I, I like to think that that's, that's intentional so that we feel the um kind of the, the vintageness, the, the, or, the origin of, of Jojo being such a long longstanding um, story.
1: No, I think that's the same feeling I got is that, David Production, who animated, um, I think, all parts of Jojo, they chose this style as an homage to the era in which Jojo began, which, I'm looking it up on Wikipedia right now, the manga started in 1987. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's intentional, because not only are the characters drawn, like you said, in that sort of vintage 80s anime style, um even the choice of color to everything like the
0: flow of the animation is much more like stiff it's, it right. doesn't have this fluidity to it mm-hmm. that you've seen a lot of anime nowadays
1: yeah so i think it's more of like a test like they want to show the anime almost like in a time capsule like showing them in the era that it properly debuted which like i'm i'm okay with because it, it adds kind of that like historical cultural significance to, to the enemy
0: yeah i love it i think so overall um i think david production does a fantastic job with with the entire jojo series not mm-hmm. to say anything about future jojo episodes but just in in general i mean they knock it out of the park every single episode of every single part um and i think they they really took this seriously and in, in even just making that choice of of having that intentional old school style um, to really just embody the 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 historical significance, which sounds right. intense, but the historical significance of JoJo on the anime and manga, I guess manga community. Um, so yeah, I, I love that, and I think David Production made a great choice and continues to make great choices for JoJo. So let's dive into the episode itself. I think you have a synopsis to take us through, right?
1: I do. So let's go ahead and get started. To give a brief overview of the series jojo's bizarre adventure is a japanese anime television series produced by david production based on the manga of the same name by hirohiko araki the first season which aired in 2012 adapts the first part of the manga phantom blood in part one episode one entitled dio the invader our bizarre adventure begins in 19th century victorian england where a carriage accident seals the intertwined fate of the joestar and brando families The conniving Dario Brando is foiled in his plans to pillage the carriage's treasures, but masquerades as the rescuer of the chivalrous George Joestar, who becomes indebted to him with an IOU. Twelve years later, a dying Dario sends his son Dio to cash in on the IOU, and crosses paths with Jonathan, aka Jojo, the heir to the Joestar estate. Determined to take the family fortune for himself, Dio begins an 1880s montage of one-upping Jojo in strength smarts, and stealing your girl, the last of which sees Jojo's love interest, Irina being the recipient of Dio's stolen kiss and bitch slap heard round the world. Jojo catches wind of this and leaps and bounds home to beat Dio to kingdom come until George Joestar intervenes and chastises the both of them. In retaliation, Dio then kills Jojo's trusted canine companion, Danny, further intensifying Jojo's fury and provoking similarities to John Wick in that all of this could have been prevented if you didn't kill the damn dog. Oh, and before I forget, there's a mysterious stone mask that goes into spoopy mode once splattered with blood during the climactic brawl. I guess you could say that it's quite bizarre.
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, there, like I said, a lot in this episode, a lot to unpack. I have like a, a slew of notes that maybe we can just kind of kind of go through so my my first thought with this this whole episode and really the like the very beginning moments is one could argue that this entire jojo storyline takes place because of how fucking stupid and gullible george joestar the first is right i mean to his credit he's an incredibly kind person and is trying to you know wanting to do, to do right by who he believes is the man who saved his life and his son's life but my God, I mean, just through this whole episode, he is so gullible. There are moments where you're like, how do you not hear or see the things that Dio is doing or saying to your son? And yet you still think that Jonathan is in the wrong. It's just like
1: selective hearing.
0: Yeah. This man is just like, I don't know. He he must have blinders on all the time because he has literally started this entire chain of, of, of events throughout the Jojo storyline that we'll talk about in the future All because he believed Dario Brando.
1: Yeah, and you would think, like, if he was conscious enough to recognize Dario was there, like, he would have been conscious enough to hear all the stuff that Dario was saying before he started talking to him. Right?
0: Yeah, he even at one point says, like, I'm about to pass out. Like, he consciously (laughs) knows, like, in a few moments he's going to pass out, but he needs to tell Dario these things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I just, I found that just. I always think about that. When I think about this storyline, I think about part one. I'm like, man, this whole thing kicks off because this man decided to trust Dario Brando. And he
1: even says, like, perhaps this is fate, which we'll learn is like famous last words because you just sealed in stone the destiny of both of your family.
0: Sealed in a stone mask. Oh, Oh!
1: Too many puns.
0: I also think about Dio in these these first few moments of the show. Like, clearly, they're setting up his backstory. He comes from a shitty past. He has a shitty father. His nice mother died. Um, but whenever you're introduced to a, a villainous character, you always have that small bit of hope, right? That they'll do the right thing, whether it's, you know, now, whether it's down the road, when, whether it's in their, their last moments, who knows, death by redemption, whatever. But... It's, it's very apparent very early on in this episode that even though Dio has that shitty past and he, and he can still choose to use this opportunity that George has given him by you know welcoming him into his home, um, he still chooses to not do the right thing, which makes him a true evil at his core type of villain.
1: Yeah, the scum and villainy of the earth, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but it's... Interesting, because I was looking, I was kind of researching a little bit um, into why Araki chose the name Dio for the character. Uh, Because as you might see as we go on with the series, a lot of names um, are references to like American or 80s pop culture. So my thought was that Dio was named after, I think, the 80s rock band Dio. But I'm reading Wikipedia here that Araki intended to characterize Dio. Sorry, Araki wanted his name to sound cool next to Jojo, so he chose Dio, but Dio is the Italian word for God. Um, So there's kind of like a, I guess, a paradox there in that you have this character who's just inherently evil, but he has a word that you would assume with someone being pious.
0: That's it. So he had no idea that what Dio meant in, in Italian.
1: No, I think he did. Like he just wanted something that sounded cool. And like you've mentioned this that Araki's in love with like Italian like culture and stuff. So I'm not surprised that he chose Dio, but there's also like a I guess thematic reason behind it as well.
0: I mean, it is a cool sounding name. Dio mm-hmm. Brando.
1: And then you got Jojo. Yeah. Is...
0: <laughs> but I think of all the things that Dio has done which I won't mention now um, but then also all the things that he did in this episode The the moment that really solidified him as a villain like permanent villain for me is when he kicked Danny like I know he mm-hmm. kills Danny too later in this episode but like when he kicked Danny before I even knew he was going to murder the poor dog like that was it I was like nope don't like him even if you know he he turns in the end or, or you know has some good parts to him i will never love him he kicked danny
1: yeah but at the same time halfway through the episode you see jojo feed danny a grape which scientifically <laughs> is poisonous the dog so that begs the question who really killed danny <laughs> i
0: think danny is a strong enough dog to overcome the grape because mm. there's a lot of time that passes between when he feeds him the grape because then we see him like go on his dates with any and i'm sure a lot of time has passed so he he pooped that grape out and i think he digested it just fine but i did yeah. react when i when i first watched the show i was like oh, my jaw kind of dropped i was like wait are you supposed to give him grapes Because yeah i'm pretty sure grapes are not good for dogs
1: And just to comment more on the or this episode establishing dio as the villain i think what kind of turned me off or I get what kept me from warming up to Jojo more quickly is I get you've mentioned like Dio is just inherently evil and there's, you would hope like there's a redeeming quality in here, but he does all of these horrible things to Jojo and there's not really any reason behind it. You know what I mean? Like there's, we always talk about having villains with a motivation as to why they're acting the way they are. And I know that here it's because Dio wants to, take um the joestar inheritance for himself but most of his episode is just us being shown Dio doing bad things just because you know he wants to watch the world burn i guess
0: well i feel like there's a connection there like i feel like he's he's harassing the shit out of jojo to basically get george to disown him um mm-hmm. so if he disowns his son then his son gets no claim to the inheritance and then you will be the the adopted son who's perfect, and he gets everything. Um, that that was my take from from all of these things that we see Dio do to jo- to Jonathan. Uh, yeah, but yeah,
1: I can see that. But I also put a note here that for all of you Office fans, the way I saw it is that JoJo is the Toby Flenderson to Dio's Michael Scott. <laughs> 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 That's what kept. That's the image that kept coming up in my head as I watched this episode.
0: I could see that because Jonathan does try on multiple occasions, especially in the beginning, to befriend Dio or try to understand him. Um, But yeah, Dio just keeps on steamrolling over his life. Yep. One of the other things that happened in the beginning um, or kind of as part of Dio's overall plan is to turn all of Jonathan's friends against him. And really in my mind, like the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like Jonathan's friends must be fucking morons to be so easily convinced by Dio in such a short amount of time hmm. that Jonathan's a quote unquote squealer and that they don't want to associate with him and all that. And you know, all the stuff that he does to Erina, it's like, man, maybe it's best that Jonathan isn't friends with these guys because they seem fucking stupid. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I can can see that now.
0: And speaking of Erina, that's when we get, when Erina and Dio first meet and Dio forces that kiss on her, that's when we get the classic Kono Dio Da meme. And forever, we will have to be tricked by weebs with the Kono Dio Da meme.
1: Yeah, I guess that's one very nice quality of this episode is that you get the first memeable moment of, of JoJo um
0: to be fair i was very excited though like i didn't know i had seen that meme of course i had seen that meme like forever mm -hmm. um but it took me several years to actually watch jojo so when that moment came up like in the very first episode of the entire show i was like oh my god wait i know that that's that one meme that i see all the fucking time and now i get it now i understand what kono dioda means
1: (laughs) should have like a, a meme counter um for every meme that we see in the show oh my
0: god but yeah, going back to Erina, I mean, he obviously puts her through the ringer by forcing a kiss on her, and she's like trying to deny it so hard she literally rips the sleeve on his shirt. But kudos to Erina, because like she, she gives him the ultimate insult in that moment by washing her mouth out with mud after he forced the kiss. And then, as you mentioned, he bitch-slaps the shit out of her. <laughs> like, holy shit! I mean, full-on, like, like almost three sixty degree arm swing, just right on her face, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" And she takes it like a champ. Like, obviously, that's a shitty situation to be in, but this is why Edina is a badass because she survived Dio and and stuck it to him and, and made him really really angry. Well, what
1: gets, what gets me is like, why wouldn't she tell anybody about that? Right? Because she sees jo- or she sees Jonathan later, and like she's. Too embarrassed or whatever to to tell him the truth, but wouldn't you think you would go to like Mr. Joe Star and say, "Hey, your adopted son just slapped the shit out of me."
0: Well, maybe <laughs> and this is just purely a guess, but maybe like back in that culture, mm-hmm. um, and maybe this is what Araki was going for, like she would be shamed or something, or like she's that's like, just like, betrothed, yeah, or she mm-hmm. just felt like so like um, what do you call it? Like she just felt so embarrassed and, and so ashamed that it even happened to her that she didn't really want anyone to know about it. But I mean, I asked the same question. I'm like, well, why don't you just tell Jonathan and he'll go beat the shit out of Dio. But again, I, I think it was more to um to invoke the, the, the behaviors and the culture of that time. It was like what, the late 1800s or something like that?
1: Yeah, Victorian England, which I'm sure was very high and proper. So things like that would be malicious.
0: Yeah. That that was my take anyway. And then after Jonathan finds out about Dio kissing Irina, we get that this is one of my favorite shots of the whole episode. We get that first person view, like shot of him running to the house because he's all pissed off and wants to fight Dio. So we get this first person view of him running to the house. <laughs> and as he approaches the front door, there's that big fountain in the middle of like the square in front of the, the front door with I'm sure there's like a circle drive or whatever around it. And you just see him leap over this entire fucking fountain. Like it's it's a very quick moment. It's very minor, but I just noticed that the first time I watched it, I'm like, did he just jump over the entire Mm -hmm. fountain? Like it was just yeah. I I thought it was such a funny shot, and it was one of those things where I was like, this show is as silly as people have has people have said it is. Um, So yeah, I just every time I watch this episode, I just love to to watch that shot.
1: I mean, yeah, I, I can see there's there's logic kind of behind that because like I'm sure he's just pumped with adrenaline because of how angry he is at Dio for for stealing that first kiss from Irina. But yeah, just watch, like watching that in that first person, and then just seeing that sudden jump it's like what the hell? Yeah. But yeah, JoJo was pissed.
0: Yeah, and as Dio says, and a little bit after that, the harder you hit him, the stronger he gets. But before we get to that. The, he runs into the house, and, and the two of them fight. Um, And Jonathan, I think, is probably one of the first people ever to make Dio cry. I mean, we don't know anything prior to that, but I like to think that in that moment, he's one of the first people to ever make Dio cry.
1: And can I say, he says, I'm going to beat you until you cry. <laughs> like, what a threat. <laughs> like, if, if anyone plans to use that, hopefully you're not engaging in acts of violence, but... You should keep that in in your quiver of threats. Channel your
0: inner Jonathan. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But yeah, so then as they're fighting, Dio gets upset because he realizes that um, Jonathan only gets stronger. Again, as he says, the harder you hit him, the stronger he gets. Um, I thought that was an interesting quote from Dio because later in the episode or even before that, I guess after the whole situation with Edina, um, we, we kind of learn that Dio's anger is his weakness. It's what makes him vulnerable. Mm. But here we see Jonathan taking his anger and his frustration and using that as a tool to, to increase his abilities, to make himself stronger, to make himself more focused. So anger being kind of that catalyst, we see Dio being uh, reacting to it in one way and then Jonathan reacting to it in another way.
1: And I guess to couple with that, we see kind of like the noble quality in Jonathan. And not to really spoil anything, but I would consider Jonathan as probably the noblest of the Jojos that we'll encounter. And he even says towards the beginning of the episode when he's defending Erina for the first time, he says, a gentleman must be courageous and fight um, even when he knows victory is impossible. Um, so yeah, not only is he very driven when you turn that button on for him in that case like uh, using his anger to his advantage but again he he does it for virtuous reasons
0: yeah and i think yeah to your point jonathan's had those virtues all along i think he just didn't really know how to tap into them until this moment because going back to that that um when he's defending Irina, when those two guys have her doll I think he comments saying like this, I, I'm not fighting them for you. I'm fighting them because this is what like a gentleman would do when he sees a woman in distress. So mm-hmm. even then it's like he knows the right thing, but he doesn't know the right reasons. Like he's saying like, well, I'm supposed to do this. I'm obligated to do this. this is the, This is the right thing. But I don't know if he truly feels that or understands what that means. And he's lived this cushy life. He's been spoiled up until, you know, Dio comes along and his dad starts to like have this this different view on on Jonathan and his behaviors. So, now he's actually for the first time I think coming across a tough situation. He's actually faced with a challenge that he needs to overcome. And again in this fight, we see anger as as kind of that um, that that catalyst and we we see Jonathan finally being able to overcome something something that dio Mm -hmm. is not able to overcome something that that is always a weakness for him so there's that that kind of underlying it it sets up that dynamic for for how um jonathan and dio may approach things
1: and at the same time as noble as jonathan is he doesn't really have manners (laughs) or etiquette yeah we (laughs) will see like there's that montage comparing him with like dio um where dio gets like 20 out of 20 out of on some test they're taking and then them having dinner um jojo obviously has no sense of like decency when it comes to eating so yeah again for for him to be the inheritor of this this wealthy estate but for him to act so i guess degeneratively (laughs) um, is is an interesting quality for him
0: it all goes back to again like it's one thing to be told that these are your values. And it's another thing to actually embrace and like accept them as your values. So I think Dio coming in and, and him finding out or Jonathan finding out what he did to, to Erina was really that turning point. Like That's mm. what flipped the switch for for Jonathan because now he actually is dating Erina. He, he has feelings for her. It's not just some chick who needs some help and he's doing the right thing by helping her. It's like now he's got some skin in the game. This is right. like personal. Um, and he would never want anything bad to happen to Eddie and he's he's truly defending her honor this time
1: yeah so he's like finally motivated to quit being a little bitch (laughs) (laughs) some other things that i wanted to point out from the episode the carriage accident they established that happening in like 1868 or whatever and then 12 years later um, you see jojo all grown up but like did George, Joestar and Dario Brando have any sort of relationship like between the accident and then that that time jump. Right. It's just weird that like now Dario has Dio take the letter over to um to George. I don't know, does that make sense? Like it's just weird that they like George says, Oh, you I owe you a debt now. And then they just stop communicating for like twelve years.
0: Yeah, that's true. Cause you would think if you're indebted to somebody, you would offer them something, like, or just at least want to maintain some sort of relationship. But the way they set it up, it, it does seem like um like there there was real no no real connection. Like clearly Dio had never met George before and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But because of this one thing that he promised, uh, Dario, he's That's that's the only connection that they have, really. That's the only thing that that, um, brings them together.
1: Yeah, it's just weird. Like, 12 years later, this letter comes and the whole series begins, I guess.
0: Although, I guess you would never really forget something like that, right? If if you thought someone saved your and your son's life and you promised them this one thing, that would be the one thing that you never forget.
1: Right. Um, Another small thing is that... Is Jonathan drinking wine at age 12? <laughs> he is. I mean, technically
0: he is, but I've I've heard, I don't know this if this is factual or not, but I've heard that um, in certain countries at certain time periods, um, water was so uncleanly that it was actually safer for kids to drink wine. So I don't mm. know, maybe that was the situation or maybe it was just common back then for them to drink wine, but... Damn, wish I could have drank when I was 12 years old. Not really.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But other things like they've established that um, after the time jump, uh, Jonathan and Dio are around age 12. So it's weird that like, you know, I think Jonathan's voice actor makes a good effort at um, sounding young, but then Dio's voice actor just has him speaking in like his like regular adult voice. Well, right? I do. I
0: I hear a difference. I, it's a very slight difference. Um, but it's still that like deep.
1: Yeah. Like no. It's masculine. it's definitely
0: still that that intense Dio voice. But it does sound just like a pitch or two higher. Um, at least that's what that's what I I noticed. But no, I I do mm. agree. I think Jonathan's voice actor does a much better job of like having that childish kind of feel. But mm. maybe that's intentional because JoJo is very childish still and Dio even at 12 years old has matured pretty quickly I also find it interesting that when they're um when they're fighting in in that field or whatever like they're doing the the boxing match like at 12 years old they already have muscles right and I'm like oh shit (laughs) like you're really toned for a 12 year old Jonathan like what what's up with that Mm mm-hmm
1: Either, like, Iraqi just wanted to take creative license with it or he just forgot that he established that they're 12 years yeah, old.
0: Yeah, I'm like, I have never like, seen a 12-year-old that looks that muscular. That is th- so weird. Yeah, unless
1: he thinks British, British boys at 12 are, like, benching, like, 200.
0: Yeah, at 12 years <laughs> old, Jonathan's muscles are more defined than most of our futures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only thing I want to mention... Um, That's like super minor, but I thought it was like that I noticed this time around watching it um, is the very first real Jojo pose that we get from this show is when Dio first arrives to the Joestar Manor and jumps out of the carriage and like the whole background behind him goes red and he jumps out and he's like pointing his hand forward. And like, I mean, he literally, (laughs) if you think about it in a literal sense, He like fucking leaps with all of his might out of the carriage and like kicks his legs up and like points his arm out and then like lands and like touches the ground in like this deep squat and then stands back up. And I'm like, can you imagine if you were standing in front of like a carriage or even like a car that was higher up off the ground and someone like got out of the carriage or the car like that? I look at them like, what the fuck was that? (laughs) but hey it was the first at least i think the first real jojo pose of the series
1: he was establishing dominance (laughs) over jonathan i I mean
0: you can't expect anything less from dio but to make a a grand entrance like that Mm -hmm. and then finally at the end of the episode we get to the ending itself which is roundabout by Mm. yes I'm looking yes. at Carl because he's, he's better at the stuff than I am when it comes to music.
1: Yeah, it's it's Roundabout by Yes, the band Yes.
0: Which is completely, I mean, just as like the first episode of JoJo, knowing nothing about it really other than it's, it's silly and goofy and there's a lot of memes from it, like for me was completely unexpected, but also an amazing fit at the same time. Like I expected some like intense... Japanese like anime ending for this crazy show, and then you get roundabout by yes, and it it fits like it's so weird, like it fits so well. And I'm just like sitting here listening. This is the first time I, I was watching the show. I'm like sitting there listening, and I'm like I I don't know what to think, but I like it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the, a little bit of trivia here the the reason that they chose roundabout for the ending credits, I think, is because Araki used to listen to this song as he was writing or as he was um, yeah as he was writing and drawing jojo so
0: which is awesome it's like another one of those things where david production has like an homage to like the the significance of of jojo first with again the animation style having that more vintage feel to to really tie it back in with the fact that it came out in the 80s um and now this like mm-hmm. i actually didn't know that till, till just now so knowing that they they intentionally picked roundabout because it had a special meaning to Rocky, that's really cool yeah.
1: and thanks to that if you ever go on youtube and look up roundabout like their music video all the comments are you'll probably see are all related to jojo <laughs> not that you should look now because i'm sure there'll be spoilers for for future episodes and future parts um but yeah, that's how much of a phenomenon, I guess, the show has has had on people.
0: I know all those people who probably don't watch JoJo or know of it, but really like the song and they go on YouTube and they're like, what the hell are all of these people yeah. talking about? All these
1: boomers are like, what the? Like, who
0: the hell's JoJo and Dio and what what is going on?
1: And the other thing about the credits, which watching the episode at first um, was kind of strange is that the I guess the the background like it's panning through all of these different like hieroglyphics and at the end you find out it's related to that stone mask that suddenly came to life during the episode um, but it doesn't it didn't match anything that had happened in the episode besides the mask. Um, it, it felt like it was coming out of like ancient Mayan or Aztec ruins um, so I'm sure like that's gonna be at play in later episodes but watching that for the first time it's like what what the fuck is this
0: yeah well that the significance of the ending will become apparent as we move forward in in the in this season Uh, but I agree when the first time I watched it I was like "I, I don't understand this ending like I think it is trying to tell me something but what that something is I don't know because I'm not far enough into the show. But we'll we'll definitely dive into that more when we get to the later episodes and can talk more about the significance of that imagery. Right. So episode one of JoJo, the very first episode, I again, overall, I think this is a solid start to the show. Um, It packs in a ton of content in such a short amount of time. Um, For first viewers, it could be a little bit overwhelming, but I think for once you get a feel for JoJo... It's a great balance of like, here's the important things that happen. We really need to tell you this to set it up, even though it may not be the most exciting stuff to watch, but let's just get through it quickly so that we can get to more of like the meat of this story. So I appreciated the pacing. Um, I, I enjoyed this first episode overall, um, and I think it sets up the, the, the first part really, really well.
1: Yeah. Again, it, it for me, I thought it was a, a slow start to to the series. But it does a good job of just laying a base, um, introducing us to the main protagonist and antagonist. Of course, giving us the first memorable moment of the series. Um, But yeah, it. it just sets you up for what I think is going to be more intense episodes as the part progresses.
0: Yeah. And that wraps up our very first episode of Strictly Jojo. You can follow us on Instagram at The Strictly Series and on Twitter at Strictly Series. Check out our website, thestrictlyseries.com, where you can reach out to us and share your thoughts on Jojo's bizarre adventure or any feedback on our podcast. And thank you so, so much for listening to our very first episode and sharing our love of Jojo. Stay weeb, everybody. To be continued.